0: is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank right. you. Yeah, I'm with yes, you. Todd, right. I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Burgess. Hey, thanks for joining us to the podcast once again today. Glad to be back. Greg uh, Snow doing a uh, soliloquy or a monologue, I think he called it, or something like that for us yesterday. Thanks to him for... Uh, fill it in in a pinch when I just was not feeling uh, very human yesterday, so a lot better today. Glad to be back in the saddle. And Matt Williams, our summer friend, joins us on these Tuesdays. He's our, our winter friend as well. Uh, uh, you know, and we'll do some basketball again uh, coming up this winter for the Cardinals. Looking forward to that. And But it's summer activities right now. We still have some of summer remaining. We are pushing hard up on August these days and you know for coaches and so forth uh, summer pretty much it might have already ended. Camps begin what about the 13th, 12th, 13th right in there of August for all the fall sports. They don't all start the same week, coach, but they kind of start getting underway a week or two uh within each other. That starts all here in fairly early August.
1: I think at the high school level they all, they do all start that same Monday in August okay. uh for the, you know, fall sports and um, yeah, it's, uh, this is getting to be hard at the, hard of, uh, hard of the end of the summer. And, um, you know, I know that the lifting program ends, you know, that first week of August. So everybody gets like a week, maybe a week and a half off. And, uh, when I was coaching soccer way back when I loved that week and a half, cause it yeah. was like, okay, I have nothing finally, but, um, yeah, it, the, the lifting programs, they're max, they have max out week coming up, which is always a big week for them. And yeah. I know the football team, they have their youth camp and then, that leads right into their own fall camps. And so, uh, yeah, really, you know, a lot of excitement. i talked to a couple of the football coaches. They're really excited about the year. I know the volleyball team's excited. Yeah, They're down in Sioux Falls, I think, with a tournament this weekend. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like it's already starting just when you, you know, all the things you're hearing about and all the camps and everything else. But, uh, a lot of excitement in the air this time of year.
0: Yeah, volleyball. Must be playing over at the Pentagon over there in Sioux Falls. That's a great athletic venue. I'm not sure. But I don't know that yet, yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. it is
1: a really cool place. Yeah. If you've never been in there, you should go to a yeah. youth tournament there.
0: Yeah, I've seen some basketball in there. It's it's quite a place to have over there in Sioux Falls. So, yeah, so good luck to all those teams as they get set uh, to crank up their seasons and enjoy uh, a little bit of quiet here uh, before all the practices begin uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, how about uh, yourself? Have you have you managed to make your way out onto a golf course anywhere <laughs> once in a
1: while? Yeah, you know, I've been, I, take, I took my daughters out last week, and I, I got to ask you, you're the golf expert here, <laughs> uh, or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want my ten. I have a ten and a twelve year old. Yeah. Actually, thirteen. She turned thirteen on Thursday. Um, yeah. I want. I want them to love golf. Yeah, it's such a lifelong skill. It is. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it's such a struggle to teach them how to play, and I'm yeah. not good enough to be like, oh, you should try this or you yeah. should do that. So somebody told me you just let them play and you have fun with it and you don't try to critique every swing. Yeah, but. But I you want them to get better at the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. I, have
0: you? Are they enrolled in any clinics or anything like that? You know,
1: they have. They have done clinics in the past. Yeah. It didn't work out in the schedule this year for okay. whatever reason, but. That um, helps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get some, get some lessons, get some yeah. tutoring. I should I should ask Greg Snow, maybe instead of a soliloquy, you should have had me on. Right, to <laughs> explain
0: to you how to, you know, but he calls himself a playing pro, not a teaching pro. Oh, okay. Uh, necessarily, <laughs> I don't know what the distinction is, but he claims there is one. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, just try and have fun with it. It is, a, it can be a, a frustrating game. It's one of the more frustrating games I've played in my life. Uh, I think it's one of the most difficult to get good at, As well. It's just so precise and very fine. For people who really enjoy, um, you know, trying to, the pursuit of perfection, if you will, it's a great game.
1: Yeah. You know, I I think one of the things I want, that I struggle with just a little bit is, you know, I want them to want to get better. Yeah. And they want to just drive the cart and have fun. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, but, you know,
0: you can drive the cart and have fun for a lifetime too. That's true. You don't necessarily have to be good at golf. I know guys who, you know, like like yesterday, I went to the dentist, and, and my, my dentist is Mike Gardner. He's a terrific guy, plays a lot of golf of his own. So he always asks me, the first thing is, how's your golf game? And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've struggled this year. It's been the worst year I've had, scoring-wise, in many years. My handicap is higher than it's been in years. So I haven't had a great season. I'm still enjoying the game. I still enjoy playing. And and uh, he said, well, I'm guessing your struggle is a, not quite the same as my struggle And I said, well, what's your struggle? And he said, I shot 104 the other day. And I said, yeah, I might give up the game if I shot 104. So it's all relative, uh, you know, uh, to to what you do. And just uh, the the biggest thing is don't have any expectations. Don't don't expect to shoot a certain score because then it puts too much pressure on it.
1: Yeah, and, and you know we don't even keep we don't even take a scorecard with. Which yeah. I know for yeah. some people they'd be like, "What? How yeah. do you, no, how do you play the game without a scorecard. Perfectly fine. Yes. We don't even take a scorecard with. And, yeah, and we play slow, and I let people play through, and and we're not you know we're not in a hurry. Yeah, and um, we try to just you know have enjoy fun the and, day. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't go golf on a day when it's 92 degrees like this because then I won't enjoy it as much. But <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, so that was you know it was kind of fun. I was. I get frustrated myself then because the game, it moves pretty slow. And so then I start to lose mental inter- interest and then, you know, my shots start wandering as well, which yeah, yeah. I don't have much room for, uh, you know, room for error, I yeah, guess. So. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of, I have a really, I have the attention span of a gnat generally, uh, unless it is something that really captures my interest. So, yeah, I'm the same way. If if it's slow play out there, like in tournaments for me, sometimes I have to really guard against that. It's easy uh, to start thinking about other things uh than what you're doing, and or to start thinking ahead. So, like I was having a great round uh, golfing with my stepdad last weekend up at Blueberry Pines at Managa, and I shot a, I tied a career low with a 34 on the front. You know, three birdies, one bogey, and then I made a par on ten. And then for the first time, my stepdad asked me about my score. You know, and then that was in my head, and then all of a sudden I'm two under through ten gosh, what if I could shoot par? Because I've only done that twice in my life where I've been at par or better. Uh, and then as soon as I did that, I went right in the tank and I shot 45 on the back and barely broke 80. So that's kind of how it's been. It's a mental game. So many of the athletic endeavors that we undertake, uh, a big part of it is the mental game. And I think that sometimes that athletes don't exercise that muscle as much as they do their others. It's true. And, and, and you know, that just that...
1: That constant concentration and that, that thought about I'm gonna be in this moment right now, that's something that you know every sport, you're right, can work with it. I know I know. I remember a few, a number of years ago, uh, they brought in the sports psychologist for Duke University to talk to all of us as high school coaches. Huh. And it was fascinating. Was you it know? at
0: a convention or something? No, it was here at, oh.
1: at our Wilmer you Great. Know, uh, High School. It was just Wilmer coaches, and it it was fa- it was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and and that that person all they do is work mentally with all the uh, athletes from Duke University. And yeah, I'm sure other pretty smart kids at, yeah, at Duke. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure other universities have have somebody similar on staff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah that all that they did was worry about their mental ca- mental capacity and mental uh, ability to focus and be in the moment and uh, man, it was, stay present. It was really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To just worry about what's in front of you. Right. That moment is a lot harder than you might think it is. Uh, I was, I forget who it was, but I saw an interview with a PGA tour pro and they asked him, uh, one thing, give amateurs one tip, if you could. And he said, don't look ahead. Don't have expectations. Don't go to the course thinking, I'm going to shoot 75 today, or I'm going to shoot 85, or whatever your goal score is. He said, don't do that. Just just enjoy one shot at a time, and don't think ahead. He said, amateur players really get caught in the trap of trying to shoot a score. And he said, pros, we don't do that. Uh, he said, they might ask us, what do you need to shoot tomorrow to win the tournament? And we say, I got to shoot a 65. He said, but generally, we don't have a score in mind when we start a round. We just want to think about one shot at a time, and hopefully that ends up to a great score at the end. He said, the only time we think about it is when reporters ask us about it. He said, other than that, PGA Tour Pros aren't thinking about shooting a score uh, when they start a round. And I thought, Man, I do that all the time. I still do it. Even though I heard this 10 years ago, I'm still doing the same thing.
1: Maybe it's because their courses are so treacherous. Right. Did you, did you see that British Open? Yes. I can't imagine playing on, playing on a course like that. It, the course is so treacherous that you have to think about this shot because yeah. if I don't think about this shot, I'm going to shoot a 10, a <laughs> 12, a 15 <laughs> and some of those.
0: I don't know what I would do if I get in one of those deep oh pot goodness. bunkers. Oh my goodness. I think I would just call it good.
1: And then it pouring rain on you and <laughs> yeah, and, right. they, and they start talking about it's good for the course Yeah, I know. It, you know it's better for them for scoring wise that yeah. it's pouring rain. Yeah. I think wow, I'd be miserable and cold and I wouldn't be happy.
0: Yeah. I uh, guess it was kind of warm. Yeah. Uh and the, and the difference between playing on the tour and and us playing in the rain they got a caddy takes care of everything. That's keeps true. the clubs dry and all that. All the headaches of playing in the rain are are taken care of by the caddy. So I, an, I think I could
1: handle a, that. And a Nike sponsorships, so they can put four different shirts on as, <laughs> if one gets wet. Right? <laughs> that's so. right.
0: That's right. <laughs> Did you watch a little of the British Open? Then do I, you watch much golf? I, I love
1: watching the majors. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't tend to tune in on the non-major. I'm yeah. kind of that fan, but yeah, that's I, fine. I do love. I love watching them, especially in the summer now when I can. Get up in the morning and watch. It was kind of yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. But um, I didn't love that Thursday and Friday was on like Peacock or something, yeah. or I guess it was on USA. But anyway, later in the day, later in the yeah. day, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I watched. I watched enough of it to, to uh, you know to feel like I, I knew what was happening, and, and you know, Harmon just kind of ran away with it on the weekend. Yeah, it was kind of boring actually. I I, I
0: was. There wasn't anything to watch. It never really got close. We had the same conversation after the U.S. Open.
1: Right? Yeah. It, it, it felt like maybe the course was so difficult that people just were sort of playing it safe rather yeah. than than going shooting at birdies and, and yep. just nobody made putts on Sunday. You know, yeah. it was just kind of. I don't know, it was just kinda of two putt, you know, get on the green, two putt. Get yeah. on the green two putt. Yeah, which the, is kinda
0: of boring. The Rory
1: McElroy is what yeah. I call it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's you know, fire it to the middle of the green, two putt your way out off of it and be happy with your par. Yeah. Um
0: and that wasn't gonna catch Brian Harmon. No, no, yeah.
1: he he yeah, he had too big of a lead and he you know, he went on that birdie run on Saturday and that was pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Five foot seven, about hundred and fifty pounds. Uh just a little guy, not a long ball hitter, but straight. And then didn't have a three-putt all week on those greens. Not all week did he have a three-putt. So that's what won, was that. uh, So, uh, and like Phil Mickelson, who they actually call lefty, he's right-handed and only plays golf left-handed. That's the same as Phil Mickelson does. I wonder, I've never heard him asked, did you you decide to do that or did your father decide for you uh, because of Phil Mickelson, because Phil is about, 15 years older, so he would have been kind of right in his prime when Brian Harmon would have been coming up or just beginning the game. I wonder if, if they decided to have him play left-handed even though he's right-handed based on Phil Mickelson. That's what he does. I don't know. could be.
1: Would there be an advantage to playing left-handed? I mean, a lot of the courses are designed for right-handed people, so if you hit a hook or you hit a slice or...
0: It know. isn't about the course as much as it about the swing. So you don't want your bottom hand to be too strong. That's what makes you hit the ball offline. That's what makes you hook or slice is your, your bottom hand uh, hasn't done the right thing. Uh, so when you hook it, your right hand was too strong, and then you think about it being too strong, so you loosen it, and then it goes out to the right. You just want your hand coming through, your, your bottom hand. And if, it, and if you're right-handed, your strong hand is your right hand, your bottom hand, and that's why the ball goes. Uh, various places whereas if you take your passive hand your left hand it just rides along and the right hand provides all the power uh it is a theory that you can hit the ball straighter we haven't seen a lot of people do it but there's two pretty good examples right there where it worked i
1: didn't know that. i didn't know yep. that at all yep. it makes sense i guess that yeah you know that that uh you know, if you can hit it straighter, why not? You know, it, it makes some sense, especially yeah. if you've got parents mm-hmm. that are pushing you to be a professional golfer <laughs> yeah. at a yeah. young age or something like that. But And it
0: does need to start young with golf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: you wouldn't want to get into the bad habits of yep. like like I, I'm in, I have bad habits because of so many years of playing baseball and softball. Yeah, yeah. Too late.
0: Sl- you're not making the tour.
1: No, my, <laughs> my, my my slice will never go away. It feels like so. I, I get rid of it, and then all of a sudden, whoop! There it is again. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, but anyway,
0: American. I always pull for the Americans. I guess too. So Brian Harmon. Uh, they were talking
1: a lot about the live golf thing. Still, yeah. I thought that wasn't a thing anymore. It what, is. What, what's going on?
0: It's nothing. We don't know. Nothing has gone on since they came to this agreement memorandum. It has to clear uh, the the Senate hearings. Uh, they had some of those. I think they're over now, though. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I don't think the PGA pros know either exactly what's going on with Liv. So uh, I, I don't think Liv is going anywhere. I think the Saudi PIF, let's say uh, Congress steps in and says, no, Liv Golf cannot buy uh, controlling interest on the PGA Tour. Well, then they're back where they started, and Liv isn't going away. I don't think it's going away even if they allow this merger to happen and they continue on with their plans. I think there's still going to be a live tour because this Al-Ramayan, who is the, the governor, they call him, of the PIF, uh, has said that's his baby. That was a lot of his ideas. He's he's played golf his whole life, he said, and and he loves the the live tour, and and I don't think it's going anywhere. So we're still going to have a divided tour. Not all the best players are going to be on the same tour, even after the merger or – if the merger doesn't happen, obviously, then it won't happen.
1: That same gentleman just offered a billion dollars for uh, uh, Killian Mbappe, the yeah, top Mbappe. soccer player. Uh, Turned it down. Yeah. yeah, so far, anyway. Yeah, yeah so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw on on, uh, on social media that LeBron and. LeBron James and some other basketball players, Giannis, they all wrote, if you want to give me a billion dollars, I'd take it. Yeah, wow. you you wait, he'll he'll start a basketball league next.
0: They're taking plenty of the Chinese money, and I guess I don't see a big difference between the two. Uh, There's been a lot of vitriol over the Saudi money, but but it's a global economy. As soon as you start trying to identify who's got blood money and who doesn't, everybody does. Yeah, and every time you fill up with gas, you're paying for the Saudi uh, BIF money, right? That's right. So <laughs> I don't know what you can do about it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully that gets settled and we start playing, seeing all the best players in a few more tournaments than just the majors. I'm not sure that's going to happen, though. Uh, the Twins are off 9-2 and two since the All-Star break. Uh, Bill referenced the, the schedule has been favorable, but the Twins have a favorable schedule. Uh, they have a so because they have three teams in their division that really are Actively not trying to win in Detroit, Kansas City, and Chicago, so that certainly helps.
1: Yeah, and it, it felt like they were very East heavy right before the break, where they played a lot of the teams from the East uh, Division, which is very, by far the best division in baseball. Uh, you know, I watched last night, and and I, I couldn't help but think, like, man, the C- Seattle and Minnesota—they're very, very similar. Yep. Very similar teams, right? Yep, they've yep. got they've got some good young pitching or some good pitching. They've got a couple decent batters, and they've got some guys they hope are going to get on base consistently. Yeah. And, you know, the the difference right now, I think, for the Twins is that Kirilov and Julian are hitting the way they are, and, uh, you know, there's some hope there for those young players. I think last time we talked about Twins, I was pretty frustrated. As I was were, too. As were you. Yep. And, uh, you know, you start to see some hope of, of what could be, I guess, you know, baseball's a, a law of averages. There was an article um, by, I think it was Aaron Gleeman, yep. uh, who writes a lot about the Twins, that, you know, that, the the average on balls in play and the exit velocity all those things that the the, the front office of the Twins kept saying it's coming around it's coming around we're going to hit better and they were you they were looking at some of those statistics and saying it, it's got to even out at some point and it, maybe we're seeing that a little bit
0: yeah uh, yeah uh, they call it a regress to the mean uh, for some of the pitching too so I agree we had hoped that the hitting would get better I worried that the pitching wasn't going to be quite as good that maybe they had pitched over their heads. Uh, a little bit in the first half of the season so that if they did make some strides with the bats, maybe the pitching would come back and and they'd be who they are, which is a slightly above five hundred team. I don't know, maybe not. Uh, Maybe these guys are going to continue to pitch well. Uh, We suddenly see Emilio Pagan, uh, and they just praise him up and down because they know the fan base hates him because of the number of times he has failed. Uh, So every time Pagan throws a scoreless inning, it's like they throw a parade. Uh, for him, the you know Bramer and whoever he happens to be working with on any particular day, uh, but but you know the bullpen has been pretty good. Uh, it's really fun to watch Duran come in there and throw 104.
1: Yeah, and and uh, if you if you get to a game, you want Duran to pitch because they have a whole production as he walk, as he comes in and and whatever. It's pretty cool. Uh, he's becoming the star of that bullpen, which is good. Yeah. You need you need a star in the bullpen. Yep. I was amazed at Jorge Lopez's inning last night because he's been I, he's yeah. been so down right now. Oh, it's
0: awful what he's been. I, I was watching the game with my uncle last yeah. night, yeah. and uh, and he comes in, and I turned to my uncle and it said, "The Twins are about to lose." And he said, "Oh, why is that?" I said, "Because this pitcher's terrible." And then he got out of the inning, and my uncle kind of looked at me like, "Well, that didn't happen." I said, "Yeah, I'm glad it didn't, but I really thought it would."
1: Yeah, I was amazed because he he just he looked like he had no confidence. He looked like a beat puppy dog, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like up until that point, even when he came in, I he know he I had didn't not, look
0: confident did to me. Not exude confidence at all. You really thought he was going to cough up the lead, right? Yeah. there. Or it was tied when he came in, but I thought they were about to be behind, and they weren't. He pitched well.
1: Yeah, and and you know it, they've they've come up with some big hits here. You know, I think three walk off wins in the last week or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, you know, is that sustainable? Probably not, yeah. but you know you're happy that they're coming up with wins. You know I'm not a great baseball mind; I watch a lot, but my one question would be: Does it is it did they get to the eighth and ninth inning and stop swinging for the fences and just start making contact? And I don't know
0: what's going on with that.
1: Play the way they should be playing the whole game. Yeah, it yeah. still feels like you know. Correa went on that little streak where he was hitting balls the opposite way and getting yeah. on base, and now all of a sudden he's swinging for the fences again and going
0: over yeah. for four or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. It just Yeah, we'll see. They have played, they have hit well in the later innings lately, at least, that's for sure. It's been more fun to watch, I guess. It has. Matt, thanks so much. Absolutely, Todd. Matt Williams joining us here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm, 1340 a.m. and 96.3 FM.